Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. episode number 24 of Tell Me Your Tales. This is the second instalment of the Road to Berlin series with myself, Brady Trelfel, Julian Spence and Bradley Croker. And in this week's episode, we're about 14 and a half weeks out from the Berlin Marathon, so um, still plenty of time up our sleeves. And yeah, we have a bit of a discussion about training and what's coming up and yeah, kind of all over the place just with the way the conversation rolls, which is good. I hope you find value in it. Thank you to all the people who reached out to me during the week after we released the first one of these shows. As I said last week, I wasn't really sure if people would be into it and if it would have any value, but um, yeah, overwhelming. So many people reached out on the email and Facebook, Strava, Twitter, all those kind of socials and uh, got into me and kind of said, keep these coming because they're finding value in it, which is awesome. A few people did give us a few suggestions of things to talk about. Some of those I think we address in this first show, but if we didn't get it to this week, we'll definitely get to it in the weeks to come. Um, These episodes are really fun to record. It feels like just catching up with a couple of mates and just talking about running. It's almost a bit of running therapy for for a couple of minutes once a week, and it's, yeah, a really good concept because... We're not really sure what's going to happen each week. So if you know someone who would enjoy the concept and enjoy being on the journey with us, be sure to let them know now. It's better to get into it when it's week three rather than discovering it when it's week 15 and we're about to race the Berlin Marathon and they've got 15 episodes to listen to. So um, yeah, be really appreciated if you could share it with one of your running mates and uh, get more ears into the show. The numbers on the first episode were quite amazing. We got just under, well, we're sitting at just under a thousand downloads for um, for that first show, which has been good. And um, thanks to the people who left a review on iTunes this week. So Wilco, thanks for the comments. Snapchatter, thanks for your comments. And Run, Eat, Sleep, Repeat, thanks for your comments. And I'm totally with you about getting more females on the show. Something I'm working on at the moment. The last two um, conversational episodes have been with females and hopefully the next two should be pretty close as well um, leading into the Gold Coast Marathon. Anyway, here's the uh, conversation we had this week all about the Berlin Marathon with Julian Spence and Bradley Croker. I hope you enjoy it. fellas episode two of the road to berlin some good feedback last week um plenty of good emails plenty of good comments i think we're on a bit of a winner 
Good. We've even Glad made, to hear people are liking it. Yeah, we've even made in Norway. We had five listens over there. Got me mate Christian over there spreading the word for us, so uh, we're going international. <laughs> nice. Yeah, it's good, good, good. Rightio, Brad, do we want to start off with your week? Because you had a bit of an interesting one. Yeah, so after we spoke last Sunday, I woke up Monday morning and my hip, um, I've, had, I've had like psoas, um, hip flexor um, and adductor issues for probably the last six to eight months, but it's been manageable. Um, but yeah, Monday I woke up and my hip was sore all day. So just managed 45 minutes um, on the Monday and then decided to take the, um, the Tuesday off. Uh, I just figured... It was 15 weeks out. There's probably more to be lost than gained by pushing it at the moment. Um, and I, I think it was probably um, the, the hard Saturday afternoon followed by the, the hard and long Sunday. It was just too much um, in a short period of time and the hip just got a bit angry. So um, luckily it only, I only missed Tuesday and then I was able to jog Wednesday, Thursday. Um, did a light session on Friday of... Um, did six by a K starting at sort of 319s and working down to 305s with a, a 90 second float in sort of 330s um, and, and everything felt pretty good and um, yeah, got through 33K yesterday for a, for a week of 120. So um, wasn't didn't go to plan the week, but I guess this week was meant to be an easy week. So I've just sort of swapped the two, two weeks around. So um, yeah, dodged a bit of a bullet and probably a, a timely reminder that um you know we're a long way out and um yeah just err on the side of caution at this stage yeah yeah someone said that to me during the week they're like do you realize one in four marathon runners don't make the start line and i'm like oh this is one in three in these podcast episodes so when you uh, sent me through that on monday i was like surely not so far yeah and i, I guess as well i could I haven't had an injury or you know, other than the hip stuff, which I've been able to manage. I haven't been injured for a while. So you sort of start thinking that you're a bit bulletproof. Um, and so I think it was it was good that it happened now and it wasn't anything major. Um, and, yeah, just to be a bit more patient and, um, yeah, not push it at this stage. Yeah. What would you rate the pain out of 10? Um, uh, it, it wasn't bad. It was just my hip was just really, really tight and it was different to what I've had for the last six to eight months. And I think that's when I start to worry is when the pain's different um, and just not knowing how it was going to go if I continued to run on it. So I figured I'd take a, a day off and see how it responded. And luckily enough, um, yeah, by just having that day off, it was much better on the Wednesday. And I also had treatment yesterday. So I had a good hour of um, soft tissue treatment which seems to have um have helped yeah yeah right so that's yeah pretty good way of kind of saved the week in a way still got a good long run in there and a good session yeah so the only thing i really missed was probably one session and um a medium long run um but you know i still got through 120 odd k which is what i was going to do this week as an easy week so i've had my easier week and um i'll sort of look to go sort of back to 100 miles this week fingers crossed a bit of feedback we got was um when we kind of talk about the sessions and stuff dropping in like k paces and that to to kind of inform the listeners so what kind of k pace did you hit for the long run yesterday um so i ended up averaging 405s for 33k yeah so over and like i guess it was um like just undulating trails 
Yeah, um, so, uh, did you have a heart rate monitor on as well? No, no, just a feel. Ran with a couple of mates, so just, um, yeah, sort of ran at whatever pace they wanted to run at. Yeah, one of those guys is doing Gold Coast, isn't he? Um, yeah, so one's racing, he's looking to run uh, 240, or just under 240, um, and the other guy is actually pacing with us now, Andrew McGowan. Oh, awesome, three of us. So, yeah, because he was meant to, he was going to race, but he's had a bit of tibant tendonitis the last three weeks. So he contacted um, Ryan McDonald and cut a bit of a deal to um, get in on the on the pacemaking. Beautiful. Be able to switch off at the back there. There be that many pacemakers. Yeah, I did suggest to him that we maybe um, take it in sort of five k you know segments in terms of you know focusing on the splits and the other two can switch off a bit. Yeah. Cool. Cool. What about you, Julian? Good week of training. Uh, it was okay. I um, mine was interrupted. I had a work sort of conference um, early in the week where we went to Melbourne, and it's pretty full on, like uh, flat out all day and um, early early morning meetings, and sort of you go out and have dinner in the evening. So training was pretty interrupted. I did get to run a, a couple of times, um, but I I got sick. While I was up there, it's just a bit too, not enough sleep, too much drinking, that kind of thing. Yeah, um, conferences are and, always good for that, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. It's, I always tell myself, now be sit like switch on up here. But as soon as you get a few, and we don't see these guys all year, so it's a bit of a celebration, I guess. Everyone's got some stories to tell. So is um, that everyone from the running company like conference? Yeah, so seven stores and. Um, we all meet up twice a year, get shown all the product. So we basically, the last couple of days have been flat out putting our orders in for 2018 now. Um, that's how far ahead you, you have to order. So what are your guys' favourite shoes? And I can tell you what's happening to them. Yeah, well, I emailed you this uh, week talking about the um, – well, do you want to maybe talk about testing out those new Nikes first? Yeah, all right. So I got a pair of those on Monday. Um Oh, yeah, Monday, Sunday night, and um, I couldn't help myself. I just went for a jog in them on Monday. Um, was it Monday? Yeah. I no, no, was, I just you wore them. Yeah, yeah. Yep, yep. So I, I, spent, I did a few Ks in them just jogging. Um, the Nike Zoom Fly. So basically within the Nike Sub 2 range, there's, like, there's Vaporfly Elite, which are the pretty much the custom-built um race shoes for the top three, Bikili, um, Tadisi and Kipchoge, and then the takedown, which all the other guys were wearing, which is called the Vaporfly 4%. Yeah. And then, so when Collis yeah. ran Manchester 10K, he would have been wearing these ones? He was, and yeah. he wore that for sub two yeah. pacing. Gotcha. And, um, yeah, I, uh, I was kind of interested in how he was going, so I asked him how his shoes were. And he said he, he really enjoys them. They... um. They they look after his calves a bit more f- from racing. They don't the the four percenters. They're not going to be the most durable shoe, and they're very expensive. So they're not going to they're not as mainstream as the Zoom Fly, which is the ones that I got. They're traditional training type mileage you get out of them, whatever seven eight hundred k. Um, they're like a, a little bit heavier, so they're uh, about two hundred forty grams for a size nine, which is pretty average for a training shoe or a lightweight training shoe um the biggest difference obviously is they have a 
like a, a carbon plate through them that makes it they're incredibly stiff and they really help with toe off so that you almost get this little bit of a spring when you're towing off. Yeah, right. And you test them around the botanical gardens, yeah? Um, yeah, I did a session on the tan. It was early, dark, you know, not ideal. Um, it wants a road. So when it gets a bit of softness under it, you don't seem to get as much pop back, which is the whole idea of the shoe. Uh, it, you're sitting on a pretty high stack height as well. So traditional race flats, you, you're close to the ground. You feel a lot of the deck and um, they're quite responsive because you don't sink in the cushioning as much. But with this shoe, the Zoom Fly, it's designed to be more of a longer distance flat and to be more efficient over the longer distance it, it there, there needs to be some degree of cushion otherwise in the end stage of the race you might get more more muscle fatigue and muscle soreness because you're beating them up a bit more so it's thicker and it's it's a little bit to get your head around but it, it feels good on the road rather than the dirt that's for sure yeah what about just like generally walking around in them? Are they uncomfortable for walking? Oh, yeah, they wouldn't be a shooter. <laughs> They're not. I don't think they'll have the uh, like the the mainstream walking customer in them because they're so stiff. Yeah. Like the foot tends to enjoy a bit of flex up front most of the time. Uh, there's certain shoes out there that there's a they might be designed to keep you injury free for as long as possible or to feel really comfortable when you put them on but this shoe here doesn't really make any qualms about the fact that it's it's a performance shoe so you put it on and the idea is that it helps your performance it doesn't have to be the most comfortable thing out there and it doesn't have to say <laughs> there's nothing out there to say it's going to help with injuries or anything like that it's just it is what it is it's been designed to be efficient for longer races yeah so You're going long- for- oh sorry brad you go yeah, what's your view on um, like chucking carbon, you know, plates through shoes? You know, where where does it where does it stop? Where do they start putting springs in shoes? Yeah, it's a good question. It's pretty hard because I like I, I heard a little bit of uh, conjecture. People weren't happy with this happening. Um, it gives an advantage or whatever, but. The advance in shoe technology since when guys were running back in the 70s to what it's like now, shoes are more efficient, much more efficient now, probably way more than the 4% that they're talking about this shoe gives you. So if it, they're performance-hanting shoes already. There's, I guess there's this, this, where do you draw the line when a shoe becomes performance-enhancing versus just a comfortable shoe that... Uh, feels good to run faster in so there has to be some line drawn and you have to be able to measure it somehow i'm not exactly sure where it is um yeah. i know like the adidas boost shoes they're supposed to return energy at a certain rate or whatever and and you know the dunlop volleys weren't doing that the tigers the dead flat tigers that were hard as rocks mm-hmm. they're not returning energy so Already the guys out there have an advantage over those the, the older school runners. Yeah, and I, and I guess if the shoes were so good, um, the other two guys would have stayed with Kipchoge a bit longer if, yeah. if the shoes were making a massive advantage. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I, I, yeah I don't think they're going to uh, set the world on fire. They've been marketed really well, and, I mean, for a bloke like me who's looking for every single second, 
I'll, I'll see if they're comfortable or not. If they're comfortable enough, I'll invest in one of the expensive pairs closer to the day, baby. Yeah, so what are they charging for the expensive ones? 350 And 220 for the step-down model? Yeah, exactly. Jeez. So that's pretty much paying for that carbon plate. Well, no, this, so the, the current version, or the 220 version, they have a carbon-infused plate. Um, it's the same sort of shape and size, but the Vaporfly 4%, the expensive one, pretty much full carbon. It also uses the real expense is in the the Zoom X foam. So that this new foam Nike have created, that's where the money is. And the the, the foam that they're using in the um, Zoom Fly, it's more of a, a Lunalon. The foam's already out there. Nike have put in a few shoes before. So... They, they've already got this technology. They can produce shoes with it. It's not that expensive. Whereas the Zoom X, which is where the, um, the real advance is that everyone's talking about, or one of them, it is, that's in the Vaporfly 4%. But the durability of that foam is pretty much, is very low, like it's poor. So you really have to like this shoe to spend $350 on it and, and only get 100 to 200 Ks out of it. Yeah, right. And that'd be really only one marathon prep, wouldn't it? Like you do a few of your key sessions in it, use it for the race, show's over. Yeah, well, I mean, if you do a, two of Josh Harris sessions, then you're, you're done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Josh will enjoy that shout-out. He's been tuning in regularly. He banged out another good one today as well. I saw on Strava. He's just nailing everything. Yeah, I stopped um, looking at it. I stopped looking at it. makes me... <laughs> makes you feel I, it, bad. It never ends. It never <laughs> ends, his Strava. Mr. Durable, yeah. Hey, um, what about the rest of your training week? So you got back from Melbourne, then did you have a good second half? Yeah, uh, yep. So I went down the track on Thursday and um, ran deep quarters. I was only going to do 200, 300s, but um, there was Skillsy Hardigan was down there. He had a session lined up, so we took it in turns and basically did two lap on, two lap off. And um, I think we ran 15 minutes or just under for the 4.8. Um it was a pretty good session. He's very competitive and the last 100 metres, like we had Moner out there, he was doing some 300s with us throughout it and um, he was just at the very last lap because me and Skillsy, we've got a bit of a thing going on where he, he talks a bit of shit and I talk a bit of shit and then when we get in sessions, it, um, it can pop off at the end a little bit and so Moner said, as we went through with 400 to go, he's like, settle down, keep it easy just the same as the last one. And we picked it up a little bit. I was happy to keep it at that. And then we got, I was in front and there was about 150 to go. Skills that comes around and um, puts like three or four meters on me. And um, then there's a whole bunch of juniors around and I'm like, oh, fuck that. I'm going to, I'm going to go too. <laughs> and so I went up to him and I'll just hear this shouting from across the track. Mona's just berating us. And so I backed off and he kept going and, um, <laughs> He got the he got the spray as biggest spray I've seen on the on an athletics track for a while. Yeah, right from Mona. Yeah, it was quite funny. <laughs> he deserved it. Hey, um, do you want to maybe explain what Deke's quarters are, just because there'd be a few people listening that might not have done them before? Yeah, it's a far look on the track where you run. Well, we start two hundred meters float, so it's not like a jog, but it's not a hard effort. It's somewhere in between. So we were running them in about 40 to 44 seconds for 200 meters. And then we, you run 400 meters 
at a solid effort and you do that eight times so all up eight by 400 with 200 floats um you try to i think the general feeling is that if you can run if you run 4.8k it should be around where your 5k your current 5k um result would be around yeah do you go into that session with uh distinguished times you want to hit for the reps and the recoveries and keep an eye on the watch or you just go on feel we had an idea that he he sort of said at the start 72s which means that we're going to be running 68s (laughs) (laughs) and um i in the end he was probably smack on he's coming back from an injury so he he ran about 71s and i ran 69s when it was my turn so we all did the same and um, we were running. The recovery was basically how we adjusted the recoveries. So if we were if we were struggling at one point, it might have been 44 seconds, and if we started to feel good, then it was a 40 second 200. Yeah, right. Good. And then what was that last 400 when you just kicked it down? Oh, I think it was pretty quick. Um, 67, <laughs> having, I think. 67 was it? I think so. Yeah, did a bit of Strava stalking. Yeah. Oh yeah, okay. Well, mine was sixty-seven skills over the sixty-three or something. I <laughs> have so you? I, all... I put the brakes on halfway down that final straight. Have you always done it with a two hundred float at the start? No, no, I never did it like that. I yeah. would always go, yeah, four hundred hard, two hundred float at the end, and um, and sometimes I'd kick it in and do a five k and just get a time out of it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, because I'm the same. I always used to do it. Because up at Falls Creek, they always do the 400 first and 200 float, and you finish with the 200. And then, um, yeah, I was talking to my coach one day, and he's a Ballarat boy, and he kind of said, what do you mean you're doing 200 metres at the end? You're meant to do it at the start. But, um, yeah, yeah, do you know which is the proper way? Well, the, yeah. I, I think the pro- – well, yeah, it might be different in each town, but the proper way down here is to go 200 float so you finish on a rep. Yeah, because what I do, I just end up fanging that last two hundred recovery just to try to keep me overall time down. Yeah, exactly. That's the it's to solve that issue. Yeah. What about you, Brad? Do you know much about that session? Yeah, I've done it a few times, and I was always uh, taught to do the two hundred float at the start. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. We'll work on that next time. What else? uh, What about the weekend, Julian? Uh, got down to. Got down to the lake on Saturday morning, had a run. Chris O'Neill came down. He's a fellow from Ireland, actually. He lived in Perth for a while. He's, he's won the City to Surf Perth Marathon. He won an Adelaide Marathon last year. He's, he's run a few overseas marathons and ultra marathons, um, and he just moved to Melbourne. But his uh, wife, Claire, she grew up in Ballarat, so they come down every few weeks. Um, and we... And us and Skillsy ran uh, 1K on, 1K off, which is another. So Nathan, he's coached by Shane Nankervis, um, and one of the sessions that those guys do a lot is change of pace work. So a K, we were we did a, a K at 3:10, a K at 3:30, and the idea is that before a marathon, you you get in about three laps of that, so about. Th- um, 18k worth we were all feeling a bit I don't know I had to go to work real early and Nate had to um, he sort of canned it because he's coming back from the injury so we just did one lap at that so 1k at 310 1k 330 and yeah it felt pretty good yeah yeah 
it's um it's hard in that session sounds too, isn't it? I've done it a couple of times where you you know build it up to five and then six and seven and it just seems to go forever and those floats are pretty pretty honest and it just builds up and sucks you towards the end. Yeah, the, your legs get sort of heavy and and it's hard to to get back to a fast pace after you find the rhythm of the three thirty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then long run yesterday. Yeah, just um, two hours in the bush around Ballarat. Just uh, a normal loop basically is 90 minutes, 20K. And if you want to do more than that, then you add on your own extra. So Chris O and I just added on a little bit and um, joined a couple of guys for the for the 90-minute loop. Yeah, right. Good signs. Post uh, Great Ocean Road back to two hours. Yeah, no, it feels good. Like, I'm ready to go. Oh, this, this week we'll be back up there, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I had, um, I had a pretty similar week, kind of did the quarters on Thursday. We don't have an athletic, or we have a little athletics track that gets spray painted during the summer, but that's um, obviously gone now. But I just On an oval? Yeah, on an oval, on a grassy oval. But I just, uh, I've taken the spray paint can out to the industrial estate and just measured it with a wheel and spray painted a couple of uh, marks on the gutters to measure out kind of 400 and then a hundred, yep. and then I do a U-turn and come back and go up and back kind of thing. So um, that's a bit of a mental mind game because it's yeah, like there's no cars out there. It's quiet because everyone's knocked off work and you kind of by yourself. But um, that was good. It was a shock and win though. So it's kind of 250 meters in one direction. Then I turn and then obviously come back. So I had a massive headwind. So I'd be hitting 72 going one way. And then kind of 68s coming back. But um, I think it was 14.41 in the end, which I was pretty happy with. But then, um, yeah, yeah, it was good. I felt good and finished off in maybe 65 or 66, I think. Like felt sharp. And then um, a good medium long run on Wednesday. I think that was 25K at 4.02s or 4.04s or something. So knock that out at five, uh, quarter past five to kind of... um, 7 p.m. Uh, 7 a.m. which was good to get that done early and then um some 500 meter reps on thursday trying to get a bit of sharpness about me for this park run on the weekend and then i took a bit of uh advice from your conversation last week julian about not wearing a watch and it just uh didn't work for me i um <laughs> i warmed up i was feeling good because everything was sharp during the week got some good news off me doctor on thursday i was back in bendigo and he said, I'm all good. My uh, cortisol reaction was really good. Um, so I'm not overtrained and ready to go. And I thought I'd be sharp as, and then just had the clock on the watch and just tried to go hard, but relaxed. And it, yeah, it was good. Like I felt good, but probably felt a bit too good and got to the finish line and ran 15.25, which was a second slower than what I ran three weeks ago. So um, yeah, it's a bit of a worry for this Launceston 10K next week if I can't break you know, 1525 for 5k, but, um, yeah, I, I think you look at that and go, Oh, I felt too good. And I ran 1525. Like that's a good sign. Yeah. yeah that's, I guess. Yeah. Oh, I, I would look at that and go, shit. I was maybe the 1524, you belted yourself for it. And this one, you did it easy. So you can, you can measure progress in time, like on results, or you can measure it in how you feel. And yeah, yeah. I would take that as a big plus for how you feel to run the same time as feeling really good. Yeah, and that's what I've said to a couple of people. Like when I ran that 15-24 three weeks ago, I was totally cooked at the end and it just hurt kind of blowing out cobwebs for the first kind of hard run in a while. So 
And it was good that I kept trying to tell myself, just relax, like run fast, but run relaxed. But still didn't seem to have that leg speed to, like I felt good most of the race, but I just couldn't go any faster, if you know what I mean. It's kind of, I don't know if it's just the marathon training legs or whatever, but um, yeah, we'll, um, we'll see what happens in the next couple of weeks. But then, felt, sorry, Brad. Do you reckon not like, because you're so used to having a watch and not having it there, do you reckon you focused like the fact that you weren't having any feedback throughout the race? Do you reckon that affected you at all? I reckon it thinking about it. Yeah, it probably affected my um, like accountability, which was good. So I was kind of a bit more laid back and I was, I felt smoother and I felt like happier as a runner and we've got an out and back course. So I was, you know, smiling to people I knew coming in the opposite direction and yeah, but still, I was trying to go as fast as I could, but it was, um, it wasn't, yeah, I wouldn't say I was giving myself a cop out because I didn't know what pace I was going, but it just felt, I don't know, because I could have looked down at my watch and saw what pace I was going, then I would have got all negative in the head, whereas I actually was really positive the whole way and it was fun and it was a bit of that wonder crossing the line, not knowing what time I'd ran. Like, it could have said 14.50 or it could have said 15.30 and I wouldn't have, being able to tell, which probably shows that I'm not really in tune with my own body just quite yet. Probably need to do a bit more of that work. Yeah. But, um, I think I think also, um, since you ran that last 15, 24, training has gone pretty well. You've you've done some good long runs, I saw. Yeah, like last sure. sun, sun, yeah. And, and you've done mid-long runs and you've done two to three sessions a week. So I, it's, it's always easier to run this – I, I take the analogy of if I do a 10-mile tempo at the start of a 12-week marathon block it feels and, and at the pace that I want to run it, it's one of the easiest sessions that I do. And then I do it six, six weeks out with six hard long runs, with all these other big workouts under my belt. I'm tired. I'm pretty much I'm sore. Uh, I'm probably constantly depleted. And that sixteen mile, oh, that sixteen k, ten mile tempo, to hit the paces is actually a lot more difficult, and I feel quite shit. So, it, it, the variables change, and you, you, uh, the result is the same. Like on your watch, the results the same, but you felt more tired doing it. But the fact that you're doing it after a hundred and eighty k week with a forty k long run two days before, that makes the workout a lot better. Yeah, yeah. So you got to take all those things into account. Yeah, context is really important with workouts. Like, I don't. If someone told me they ran a the 10k tempo in 51 minutes, oh, that's a really good workout. But they tapered for it and they trained for that workout rather than what did you do two days before, four days before, five days? How was your long run? Is this part of an eight-week cycle or whatever? Like, you kind of have to look at it from a broader perspective. Yeah, 100% agree with that. And I think I was probably hoping just because I did a bit of speed on the Tuesday, Thursday, that it, my legs would be miraculously like sharp by the Saturday just because it's time to go. Yeah. And yeah, prob- I'm hoping that um, that this week they're going to come around a bit. And, and I think just having people around, like I talked to my coach about it and, you know, not looking at your watch is one thing when you're in a kind of fair income race and you've got people, competitors around you to gauge off and you're kind of digging deep into that external trying to beat people but when you're on a bike path by yourself in a park run you don't really have that and you don't have the feedback from the watch so it's hard to kind of get moving yeah you'll um, be right i'll be right i'm I'm, yeah yeah, i've got plenty of time i'm uh 
I'm healthy, as I said, those uh, results in the dock were good. And then, um, yeah, we can all go forward from here, I reckon. How good's yeah. uh, Jules's positivity, though? Like, I, I know that um, if I'm having doubts race week in Berlin, I'll be giving Jules a call to, for a coffee to uh, <laughs> put me in a positive frame of mind. I, I haven't done a good workout in two years. I'm trying to pump myself up a bit. Every week I try to pump myself up. Uh, it's, not, it's not that bad. I'm not that out of shape. Yeah, right out. So what about this week, fellas? What do you got on, Brad? Um, so this week I'm – I guess this week was meant to be easy originally. So um, I'm sort of doing a bit of a modified. So tomorrow I'm going to do four by two and a half K out at Stromlo, which I was meant to do last week. Um, and so I'll do those off uh, about 90 seconds recovery. Um, so it's, you know, it's quite undulating and good sort of strength workout. Uh, I've got an hour 45 scheduled for Wednesday morning, um, which I'll try and do. I'm trying to do a few depleted um, runs. So like not basically having just a black coffee in the morning and um, some amino acids. Um, I, you know, I believe you're meant to be, become a little bit more efficient um, by doing some runs in a fasted state. So I'm trying to do one or two of those a week at the moment. So I'll do that with my hour 45. And I actually did, I did the full run yesterday. So I did the 33K at 405s um, fully fasted. So I was pretty happy with that and didn't really hit the wall. So that was good. What about the night um, before? Do you have like heavy carbs? Um, not so much. I, I probably just have a little like an extra couple of pieces of toast or something just before I go to bed, just, you know, just in as a bit of an insurance policy. Um, but I don't like, I don't focus on a, a massive carbo load like dinner or that, that day. Um, no. So, and I always take a gel with me just in case, you know, I get, you know, 75 minutes in and I'm already starting to get lightheaded and I'll, you know, I'll, I'll take it if I have to. Um, yeah. So that's when, do you guys do any of that? I uh, yeah I rarely eat before the long run so like those last couple of Sundays oh this Sunday we kicked back to thirty because Tali and I both race in Launceston but um, like the week before thirty four k I kind of just wake up and she's out the front of my house half an hour after my alarm set and just roll roll straight out the door I um yeah often do that or have a black coffee but then sometimes that doesn't sit well in the stomach I'd kind of prefer to have nothing so it sits alright but yeah sometimes also have a gel but rarely do I pull it out and take it. Yeah. What, what about, about you, Jules? C- coffee for me. Um, coffee uh, depends how early I wake up to how um, how long till I run. So I'll I'll try not to do anything. I like the idea of running without nutrition, unless it's a hard run. If if it's a hard run, like a a um, there's there's work, efforts throughout it, or if it's going to be a, a like a faster long run, then I'll take nutrition. Um, other, otherwise, I'll just I'll zap myself for the next week of training. I'll just cook myself. Yeah, right. Yeah, because I found I found coming from the shorter stuff, like when my long runs used to be two hours, I used to take gels during those. Like I, I obviously just wasn't. I was either running my long runs too hard, or I just am not very efficient at burning fats. But um. I have I did find in the lead up to Canberra that I was able to get a little bit further each week before I sort of started to feel a little bit lightheaded and dizzy. So um, I'll keep at it and hopefully it hopefully it helps. Yeah. Uh, 
So that's Wednesday. Thursday, I'm just going to do some um, one-minute efforts uh, just on the bike path off sort of a minute recovery, um, yeah, just sub around three-minute K pace, slightly quicker. Um, and then I'm going to do the um, the Jules no-look, no-watch park run on Saturday morning. So Ooh, uh, Here we go. We can compare park run results. This yeah, might only so, work in the marathon, fellas. I don't know. <laughs> so... Um, Where's yeah, the positivity cause... going, Julian? <laughs> yeah, we'll see. I hope it works. I'm none from one at the moment. Because <laughs> um, I think as of this Sunday, it's 14 weeks to go. So that um, is really the start of my, I guess, official marathon prep. So I just wanted to do a park run um, just as a, a baseline. This is where I'm at um, and, and probably do one once a month just to see how I'm tracking along. Uh, and then Sunday, I've got, uh, 32k down um yeah which will be pretty pretty controlled i'd say yeah nothing too nothing too crazy and that, that'll give me about uh yeah 100 miles for the week yeah good good julian what's your week looking like uh i don't have a plan so i'll do a workout tomorrow probably a 20 minute fartlek um uh, I'm in the gym actually a fair bit at the moment, so I, I've got these back issues. And one of the things I'm seeing a strength conditioning guy, and it, it affects my workouts because of how sore I am in my glutes and my core and hammies. So my workouts are pretty average at the moment, but hopefully we get some benefit from the strength stuff. Um, and in about four to six weeks, I'll cut cut that back a lot, but. I, I can't. I don't even plan workouts at the moment. I kind of jump in with what someone else is doing because I just look at it at the moment. Twenty minute fart look on Thursday. I'll do speed work on Saturday. I'll probably do a hilly tempo, um, maybe like an eight k tempo or whatever uh, is going at the time. And then I'll just increase my long run probably to two hours fifteen, two and a half hours Sunday. But this week for me is focusing on getting my k's back up so uh, i'll run 160 and and do a speed workout thursday tempo saturday and yeah i'll do fartlek tomorrow so you could have uh, <laughs> you could have picked that out pretty easily i guess yeah yeah and mine's um oh, i'm just kind of preparing for launceston so i think i'm doing like a 3k well the coach wants to do a 3k and 8:59 on tuesday just to kind of Tick along at three minute K pace, so hopefully when I'm rolling at three oh fives or three oh threes or whatever on um Sunday, it feels like I'm relaxing a bit. And then some uh ninety minutes on Wednesday, uh some five hundred reps on uh Thursday, and then just chilling out until Sunday. Fly out down there on the Saturday and back Sunday Arbor, which should be good. Pretty good field as well. Um Liam Adams, Ben St. Lawrence, Dave McNeil, so be getting smashed by those blokes by a couple minutes. <laughs> Who's gonna win? I'd say, I don't know, McNeil was pretty impressive at um, run the bridge down there a couple of uh, months ago, but um, yeah. I've got no idea what kind of shape they're all in. Yeah, he's Who, pretty fit, I think. Who's he your seems like I'd, I'd pick him. Yeah, yeah, but um, yeah. that should be good. Hey, um, Are you going watchless in that? Um, I don't know. I haven't got that <laughs> It wasn't good last weekend, but I think with people around, I could obviously give it a go again just to just to raise some people. Um, yeah, possibly. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Or even for the first, you know, make sure I... Because sometimes if I go watchless, I still just go stupid at the start and blow myself up. So um, 
it might be good to wear the watch just to slow things down and then because it's out and back so turn around and then don't worry about the watch and race as many people as you can yeah hey uh julian ash went all right too should give him a quick shout out oh mate smashed it amazing amazing so chris o'neill he's done comrades a lot maybe five times or something and um he's had some pretty good results there he he went he ran six i think he's oh i reckon he ran 615 his best time on a down year and he, what i ran 606 i think um on an up year and he said it was just like it, it's one of the best runs he's ever seen there from from an australian uh yeah so i was watching all day just trying to keep updated with their updates i actually saw footage of him running on youtube like they pulled the camera back a bit but in the last 10k from 55 to 60 oh no sorry um like 75 to 85 around that he picked up 10 spots and it was also the stage where he was walking and cramping so that's how killer that race is is that he was just walking faster than other people at that stage and and he picked up 10 spots 10 spots yeah. yeah, I listened to an interview with um, Steve Way today. I think he came ninth, and he just yeah. said like he was going like a hundred and fiftieth or something after eighteen k, and just looked at, kept kept his heart rate at one forty five. I think he said, and just never looked at anything else. Like he had the k splits coming through, or the mile splits, and then um, just went through the field, massive. Oh, yeah, because he came ninth. That's yeah. hundred whatever. Yeah, he's a beast. That guy. Yeah, he's around two fourteen or something, isn't he? Yeah, he made the Com Games, and he used to be a drinking smoker. Yeah, there's hope for us all, boys. <laughs> Don't need to drink more. <laughs> I got that covered. <laughs> yeah, how many beers did you get through this episode? Oh, no, I forgot about this one. So I was already on the couch um, last night, though. Whew. Weren't you working this morning? Yeah, we opened late. Okay. Work in a public oh, holiday, that's dedicated. Yeah, did you pay yourself double time? Yeah, I wish. I did. It's. I mean, I, did, I had a bunch of stuff to do. So I might as well do it there, and if someone walks in, then all good. And someone walked in, so it was worth me being there. Ah, good, good. Rightio, fellas. It's nearly bedtime for me, 9.15. This is uh, getting late. We'll, uh, we'll cut it there, I reckon, and then we'll, um, we'll see how this one goes. Cool. Sounds well, good. Mate. All right, good work, fellas. Train well this week, and I'll um, talk next week. Yeah. Good luck. Good luck for Sunday. Thanks, mate. Really appreciate it. Yeah, go watch this. Yeah, yeah, I think I will. I'll just like just race like a beast in that second half. flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello 
Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.